Welcome back to 1A, a podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina. 1A is designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. Reverend Squires is the pastor of counseling here at First Presbyterian Church, and I'm Josh Adair, the intern for biblical counseling. In today's episode, we discuss the holiday stress that we face in coming out of the holiday season into the new year. We also take a look at a framework for helping ourselves understand this distress and how we can also be considerate among God's people in our care for one another in this season. If you have any comments about our show or a question about something you hear on this episode, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website at firstpresscolumbia.org. We hope that this ministry is a blessing to you and those around you. Let's get to the conversation. All right. Hello, Josh. How are you doing, buddy? Doing well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, brother, and happy belated Merry Christmas to you and to our listeners. And as to well. our listeners. And Thanksgiving, like happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we had a had any episodes. We did, we did some episodes, but we didn't we were we were seasonal curmudgeons. We were <laughs> <laughs> We took the puritanical view on all of this. Bah humbug. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> no ceremonies, all the things. <laughs> Well, uh, it's it really is good to be back with you, our listeners, and also to be among one another in this new year. And Reverend Squires and I are here today to discuss with you, our listeners, how can we understand the stress of the holiday season? Because it's all in our minds. We all just went through them. Mm-hmm. And what's normal stress versus maybe something more significant we can pursue some aid or encouragement from others in the body for, as yeah. well as... How can we can be considerate of one another in light of the new year? And I was talking with Reverend Squires before this started, Josh, and, and one of the things that you've frequently told me in the counseling world and also the family law mm-hmm. world, one of the busiest days of the year comes when kids start back for school in the spring semester. That's right. And it's because families have just spent all this time together. Now, it's different probably in the COVID-19 era that we're in right now where families have been forced to spend a lot of time together. Sure. But usually what happens is is that marriages, especially marriages that are kind of just teetering on the edge there, they believe they can just kind of make it through, and then the holidays come, and you've got the stress of the holidays, and you spend all this time together, and it's not very nice or kind or any of that, and people just decide, that's it, I can't take it anymore. And so it kind of also converges with the normal post-holiday blues and the seasonal affective stuff that happens as as people get seasonal depression. And so all that kind of comes together and people just decide, that's it, I'm done. And so the very first day that kids go back to school, so people can call family lawyers and not worry about listening ears. Sure. It is the busiest day, I'm told, in family law is the first day that kids, or at least that first week that kids return to school. That is an incredibly striking reality, Yeah, but one that we want to be, be honest about on this show and also recognize that there's hope in God's Word for those who are in that position, yeah. uh, as well as for God's people as they think about caring for their friends. Yeah. Especially because if you think about it, you know, you have a bunch of holiday parties, maybe not in this season in COVID, but, and you just saw these friends over the holidays, and there may be a friend who, come first of the year, they are looking to maybe fall for a divorce, like yeah. you're saying, and so... Yeah. 
it can be something that takes us all by surprise, even though there's so much eager anticipation and expectation that goes into the holidays. And so, so Josh, you've mentioned some of this, but there's, there's different types of holiday stress and the holidays are going to be stressful regardless, no matter what. Right. And so a good question would be, is how can you, we want to begin to develop a framework for how can we develop something that's more an understanding of normal stress that's mm-hmm. just seasonal versus something that's maybe more significant and significant in its episodes of distress that we might help ourselves and one another keep an eye out. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about stress in general, you want to think about at least two categories. And the two categories are you stress and distress. You stress, which no one ever talks about, is good stress. In fact, the entire idea that there is a category of stress that is good is beyond what our culture can even think about. However, we need stress. We need stress to keep us motivated, to keep us productive. If you think about it, it's the stress knowing that you've got a test coming that gets you to study. Otherwise, you probably would just keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. It's the <laughs> idea and the stress of knowing you've got bills to pay sure. that helps get you to work sometimes. I mean, I, I love coming to work and I love what I do, but there are times when even loving what I do like I do, it's knowing, hey, I've, I've got mouths to feed that I need to get up and be productive this day. So those that's good stress. That's you stress. Mm-hmm. And then there's stress that's not good stress. It's distress. But there's a difference between like a dysfunction level of distress Mm -hmm. and kind of normal level of distress sure because there's no life that doesn't have distress to a certain extent we live in a fallen world we live in a fallen world that's right and distress rather than helping you focus and do the tasks that you should be doing and help you more and more be the person you're called to be it actually inhibits that so distress will get you to not focus on the task ahead of you or not focus on the test or not go to work because you're so stressed out and so afraid of it. And then you can get to the point where distress can actually inhibit life functioning, things like eating, sleeping, taking care of your body, relationships, that sort of deal. Sure. So you want to think about you stress, distress, distress in like normal distress. Okay. It's distressing sometimes to think about what all you're going to do with family over the holiday season. Hmm. And I don't mean just our marriages. I mean like extended family too. Sure. Or singles who have to deal with families who are married. Hmm. Or uh, recent divorcees who have to be around families that are intact. Or widows or widowers who have to go through the very first holiday season without their spouse. There are a number of things that cause us to be distressed during Hmm. the holiday season. However, that sort of thing can point you to the Lord and to the Lord's people and to his word. Uh, You can find ways to make it through that are healthy and helpful, even if it's just crying out regularly. And maybe we'll come back around and talk a little bit about that. But it can get to a dysfunctional distress when all of a sudden it gets to the place where it is perseverating. That's the clinical word on it. It perseveres Hmm. is where that is what it comes down to and it's you know there's a thought and it comes up for you and it comes up and it comes up and you can't seem to get rid of it yeah so it's almost like you're living within the instance of stress that's been caused or Mm -hmm. you're seeing it everywhere Mm -hmm. or you're repeatedly enduring it through uh, different episodes with the person that might be causing it that's right and we've all had the place where you know someone makes us mad our spouses make us mad with some regularity hopefully not too much regularity but with some regularity and we're driving down the road and we're just comforting ourselves by telling our 
ourselves how terrible that person was <laughs> and how wonderful we are, right? Which is dumb, and we have to make sure that it is, and and we have to make sure that we challenge that. Sure, but you can perseverate on that interaction over and over again. Okay, it's it's one thing for that to happen, you know, an hour or two hours after the moment, but if you find yourself thinking about that a day after, two days after, five days after, it's another building block on this vista for you of they don't care they don't love me they're my enemy i can't take this anymore i don't deserve this Hmm. i deserve better than this Hmm. and that's the place where you really want to stop and take notice and realize okay i'm i need help or again if you're single where you get to the place where it's like i can't do this anymore Hmm. i can't go to any of these family events anymore i can't see these people i need to unplug from all real life and all real interactions in order to guard my own thoughts and hearts because i'm seeing happy couples and little kids and all the things that i want that i don't have Mm. that's the place where you know that your dysfunction is getting you to the place or your distress is getting to the place of dysfunction. I think a helpful distinction too, in one of the categories that you brought up of widower versus widows might also be something to discuss too, of like for, for someone who's recently lost a spouse and this is the first Christmas, what's the difference between a normal level of distress there and Mm. a, and it's even, it's even so hard to use words like normal in some capacity because grief is such a squirrely thing. What, what thoughts do you have for someone who's enduring grief in this holiday season? And this is maybe the first holiday season of like what might be something that points to maybe there's something more. Yeah, and this is where it would probably go more into the depression than distress sure. uh, situation. And that's why whenever you have anyone in front of you who has lost someone, you really want to set up at least a 12-month hmm. window sure. for grief. Sure. That doesn't mean that you you are grieving for 12 months in the whole time and it's all really intense and every day is as, as intense as the next day. It comes in waves. But let's say you lost a spouse in February. Hmm. Well, by the time you get to October, for instance, then a lot of that grief may have begun to abate. Hmm. Not not necessarily, sure. right? It's it's not uncommon for the grief of losing a spouse to be an 18-month, 36-month process. So don't hear me say that if you're not better by October, there's something wrong with you. No. But it might be that by October, you're feeling okay. And then all of a sudden, the holidays are going to hit. And you're going to remember all the Thanksgivings you had together, some that were wonderful, some that you misused and you Mm -hmm. fought rather than taking advantage of each other's fellowship and kindness. There are going to be traditions that aren't going to be there for the first time, maybe in decades, traditions, hearing each other's voices, praying, meals, just all kinds of things that go on in holidays that you can't recreate. You can't pre-grieve those things. Hmm. You just have to experience it. And the first time you experience waking up on a Christmas morning or going to a Thanksgiving dinner without your spouse, there's not much worse. Hmm. Right, and you just gotta you just gotta grieve it. And so, what does it mean for that to be normal? Well, I, I think f- for it to be really painful, mm. and for that pain to have an appropriate outlet in prayer, in talking to people, sometimes counselors or professionals, sometimes just friends and family, mm-hmm. weeping, 
normal tears for the loss and for it just being felt in your heart mm. and knowing that there's never going to be a day where it feels great, especially, you know, a holiday season, but there will be holiday seasons where maybe it won't be quite as painful mm. again, especially that first time when you know that it's getting to the place of I, it's an emergency. I really need to talk to somebody is if it gets you really down to the point where it's affecting like your eating habits, your sleeping habits, your ability to be productive, your willingness to distract yourself for two weeks or longer. Sure. So if, you know, the weeks preceding or directly after the holidays, you find yourself for more than two weeks just in a really dark place and mm. you're not able to sleep and hygiene's going the way of the dodo and all of that, like that's the time where you really need to reach out. Or... And this is the, you know, it doesn't matter if it's been one week, two weeks, or a day, if you get to the place where it's hopeless, where it mm. feels like that's it, I just want to go straight to glory to be with them, you need to reach out and talk to somebody sure. and let them kind of walk you through that. So an incredibly difficult time. And, you know, a lot of people, because most people aren't grieving during the holidays, they're just going through normal day-to-day sort of stuff. And, and they're celebrating. Again, everyone has stress in the holidays, but people who have lost someone that first holiday season, it's incredibly tough, which is why oftentimes, I can't remember, in fact, a time where we haven't. I've been here seven years now. During the holidays, we pray in our pastoral prayer for those who are going through difficulty, even in the midst of a, of a season where we celebrate. Sure. That's so helpful, Josh, to know, even just from the complexity of scenarios that you just presented, how difficult and distressing the holidays can be for some of us. And again, that's not to downplay the holidays. We want to enjoy and celebrate uh, what these times mean to us. But you bring up some really good thoughts on Mm -hmm. the fact that it's just a complex time. And all of that factors into one time where you're going to be around members of your family or others who and friends who know you really well. And it can be a time where it can be really lonely, a time where it's really uh, joyful. There's lots of extremes in it, and we just want to recognize that it's there. What are some examples of normal stress? Yeah, so I would say normal stress are things like trying to figure out how you're going to do the holiday schedule with family. Sure. Right, like my family, her family, who are we going to see, when are we going to see them, what gifts are we going to get. You know, everybody has a weird uncle, and if you don't know who the weird (laughs) uncle is, there's a chance you might be it. (laughs) You know, everybody has one, Or, or, you know, the one person who's not a believer, or maybe you're the one person who is a believer in your family and you know, you're going to get hit and, and people are going to do the sort of drunk apologetics, you know, <laughs> and they have a one too many glasses of eggnog and they're going to come up to you and be like, do you really believe, you know? And like, okay, that's going to happen. Or the stress of just being around family members and, and maybe you're a single and a younger sibling is already married and that's oh, tough. Yeah. You know, so those are sort of the normal stresses that you get. And, you know, the stress of making sure you show your care for those you care about and you get them a good, appropriate present and the kids have a nice Christmas and all of that is stressful. It, it Stress and joy 
aren't mutually exclusive. Yes, that's a good distinction to bring out because just because it's difficult and challenging to navigate the waters doesn't mean that it's not a joyful time. That's right. And discontentment is something that can actually creep in during those seasons, and we have to be careful not to let it. That's right. There's a very delicate line between discontentment, like you're talking about, and something that's more severe, which we just want to use this episode to point out. That's right. And, you know, I, I just this holiday season trying to remind myself of that truth that because things are stressful and things are stressful if it was school if it's just normal counseling load if it's work if it's the covid season whatever it is that you can't let that not or you can't let that get in the way of you enjoying the season and the way it was brought home for me this time and it's just a unique season is that i realized on christmas day i only have four more of these left with all of my family at home before my oldest goes away to college Right. Oh, that's incredibly yeah. depressing. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where it's like, wait, 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 wait. She was just in diapers yesterday, it feels like. Oh, and man. now, you know, next year she'll be a freshman in high school. And uh, and for those who have launched children, we're like, ah, you know, neophyte. But it is, you do get this sense. I mean, sure, she'll come home from college and all that good stuff. But we only have a few more of these where everybody's in the house. I know where everybody is. There's no worry that they're out. Something's going to happen. And even in the midst of all the stress, you've got to be able mm. to enjoy and celebrate. Mm. Right? Yes. Well, what wonderful thoughts there, Josh. I wanted to ask though, as far as advocating ways of coping with this stress, you know, culturally we see some really unhelpful ways that that, that, that begins to work itself out yep. post post December 25th. Yep. What are some ways that you're most aware of or have seen with people who maybe come and talk to you about stuff of unhelpful cultural ways of coping with this stress? Unhelpful. Yeah. And yeah. even helpful ways of coping culturally. Yeah. So I, let's let's start by talking about some unhelpful ways. Some of the unhelpful ways are going to be things like using any sort of substance in order to get yourself through your stress. So that could be alcohol. It could be drugs. Uh, marijuana usage is actually pretty common nowadays. It could be talking in a way that's not helpful. In other words, it can be talking to friends who are just gossips or who like to get in the misery with you and actually make the misery worse though it seems like they're making it better because at least they're company and they're on your side and then they're on your side that's right they're not actually helping you yeah they're just provoking you and Mm -hmm. making it worse for you yeah so that can be one way in which things can be unhelpful an unhelpful way to cope with it isolating another unhelpful way of coping with it especially again single singles or widows or widowers for them to just retreat into themselves distraction Mm -hmm. so there's nothing wrong with a good netflix binge here and there but if you are using netflix or amazon or youtube or even books it doesn't matter if you're using something to distract yourself all the time so that you don't have to face the loneliness the hurt the disappointment and the stress of the holiday season that's dysfunctional if you can't look at something in the face you've got to find you're just too scared to look at it in the face you got to find something to help get you through and that something that helps get you through is not god's word and or his people sure and it's probably some in some way dysfunctional yeah what are and what are some helpful ways you see people culturally becoming aware of i we need to cope with this stress like how can i begin to do that yeah so i mean i think 
of course, it's going to be things like prayer, being able to go to the Lord and use his word and to pray his word back to him. And, you know, the beautiful thing of the Psalms is you've got people who are in incredibly difficult situations who don't feel like they have to make their prayers pretty. Mm -hmm. They don't have to like social media their prayers. You always see the best of me. You always yes. see the best of my prayers. And so yes. I'm going to, oh, Lord, this is really tough. But I know you're great and good, and it's not that big a deal. And you're dealing with cancer and yeah. you know world yeah. hunger and all that good stuff. Rather than, because God knows what's going on in your heart. Mm-hmm. And when you're not pouring your heart out to him, you know, that that's not helpful. Sure. Now, that's different than like using your emotions to cast like accusations or whatever. We want to stay away from that. But to be able to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I feel desperately lonely and broken and afraid. I'm hurt and sad and angry. I'm confused. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know that it's ever going to get better. Hmm. I don't even know how I'm going to put one foot in front of the other or endure another season like the one I just made it through. Please help me. Hmm. Right? Like that's a perfectly good prayer to give unto the Lord. So prayer, also something like writing, journaling, which Mm -hmm. is helpful for people to be able to write down what they're feeling and to be able to connect what's going on inside and have a sort of external reference the moment you put it on paper. Uh, There really is something that helps there. There's a neurobiology of what helps there. And God's word is the written word. So we have an example of writing down what it is that you feel. You're not the next C.S. Lewis, so don't worry about, you know, trying to sell this journal or make it (laughs) profitable. You know, like some people get sucked down into the, they're trying to make it prose and pretty. Don't worry about that. Just write, make what's going on in your heart on paper. And that's helpful. Asking for help, talking with people f- with whom they are really helpful. Again, you know, there's the non-helpful people, but you should have in your sphere of people someone or people whom you know you could bring difficult things to, and they are going to bear that burden well with you, and they're going to point you to Jesus, and they're going to help not only support you, but help you grow. And so those people are the people that you want to be able to lean on at times like this in order that you might be able to have your burdens borne along, as as Galatians tells us. That's the bear one of those burdens and therefore and fulfill the law of Christ. Right. Yeah. It's helpful to note there too, Josh, that like if someone's listening to this and they don't hear or they and they hear that and they say, Oh, I don't have anyone like that in my community. Mm-hmm. Like, it's helpful to remember that the Lord often uses circumstances and conflict and stress to to make us more aware of our need for him. Right. But as well as our, our more aware of our need for God's people. That's and right. So the, your your holiday stress may actually be the circumstance God's wanting to use to get you more connected to his people. Right. And more relying upon the collective wisdom that they have to offer. That's right. And if he's highlighting for you that you're pretty isolated in the Christian life, you really need to make concerted effort to mm-hmm. try and find a community that you plug into. We'd love to have you here at First Press, but wherever, and that you find people who can genuinely come alongside you. Now, it's really hard to find people who are burden bearers in the middle of crisis. Yes. So if you're listening to this and you you know you just made it the holiday season, it's fine. But you also recognize you're relatively isolated. You need to be finding community too. Yeah. <laughs> because, 
you know, those seasons where things are going well, they don't last. Yeah. There is a crisis coming at yeah. some point. That's what mm. life is. Yeah. I remember um, Gabe saying, there will be a storm that comes. Yes. And the question is, is how are you preparing for it? That's right. And if you don't have a good community who knows you, who's willing to bear your burdens with you, it is going to cause a shipwreck for mm. you. Challenging words. Yeah. Any other thoughts on what might be helpful? You know, obviously we've talked about prayer. We've talked about God's word. We've talked about God's people. Service. That's the other piece that I would say is just service. Mm -hmm. It's really easy in times like this to get so sucked down into ourselves Mm -hmm. and what's going on in our own hearts that we forget to minister to others or serve others. And it is often through service that we're reminded of God's goodness and his grace that things aren't maybe quite as bad as we experience them. Sure. And there's a sort of grace that's communicated as we serve others Mm. that we always get more ministry unto us than the ministry we try to serve unto others. Yeah. And honestly, after the New Year's is a great time to look for those opportunities. That's right. And so, well, that's super helpful, Josh. As I think one last question that we can cover briefly, we've talked about what are some factors of the stress of the holiday season? We talked about you stress, like the good stress, things mm-hmm. that are just related to going through a time of circumstances where we're required to interact with other people and lots of other really great expectations in the season, and the distress of something that's probably uh, more difficult to endure. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, some unhelpful ways that our culture works through coping with the stress, whether it's substances or, or uh, some other means of binge-watching Netflix, a yeah. way of distraction or isolation. And we've even talked about some helpful things of coping with the stress of the holidays. But a good question would be, for those who are listening to this, who have not had a difficult holiday season and who are a part of God's people, mm-hmm. what are some indicators they can look for amongst their friends? Who Not that we need to be always concerned that our friends are in crisis, right? right. But we need to be available for them and aware yeah. as God's people that if a storm's not where we are, it's in someone's life. That's right. What are some, I guess, indicators as God's people who maybe are not in a season of trial from this holiday season can look to in order to maybe be intentional in the lives of our fellow believers? Yeah, so a couple of things. I would say indicators that somebody else is in trouble and that we need to reach out or try and help them. You know, hopefully you know your people around you. And so oftentimes intuition is not infallible and, and you need to know that. There are some people who just think that they take they take the Jedi method here <laughs> and think that they need to turn their brain off and their intuition is always right. You know? That is not true. Don't don't listen to Hollywood and to George Lucas on that. But intuition is generally Accurate, generally. Sure. So if you have the sense that someone who's in Sunday school with you or whatever, that they're going through a difficult time, yeah. you know, I would want to encourage you just to be able to walk up to them and say, hey, brother, sister, is everything okay? Anything I can be doing to help you? Would love to get involved. You know, and we do things like give each other meals, you know, yeah. and that can be helpful. But, you know, if it's somebody who has children, can I watch your children? Mm-hmm. Let you go and talk to somebody? Like sometimes, you know, people, especially if there's been a divorce or a death they want to go talk to somebody but they're so overwhelmed with tasks and and kids and whatever that they can't so you know going and taking care of family stuff for them or the house for even just an hour or two allow them to run errands or go talk to somebody would be super helpful praying so again 
our prayers tend to be self-centric prayers. Mm-hmm. We know what we're going through, and so much of our prayers are located on, this is what I'm going through. Please help me, Lord, in these areas. And reminding yourself that this holiday season, no matter how good for you, is always the worst for someone. Mm, that's actually a really helpful thought. Someone in this congregation, and probably multiple people in this congregation, there's never been a worse holiday season. Mm. And so just lifting them up in prayers, Lord, please be with whoever that might be if we don't know them personally. Mm. Reveal more and more of your love and grace and mercy unto them. You know, Help if it would be your will that I might come to know who those people are in a way that might encourage them and let them know and experience something of your loving arms through my ministry to them. Mm. And then things like, you know, just writing notes. If you know someone who's been recently widowed, writing a note, just telling them, hey, I know that this can be a difficult season. One to let you know that you're in my thoughts and prayers and I uh, hope that this has been a good one for you. You know, you don't, I don't always have to be Debbie Downer, yeah. right? Um, yeah. It can be a, a nice note, but something like that is usually pretty helpful. And then finding ways to just get plugged in to the church, because the more you get plugged in here, the more you get to know people and the more you're going to get to know who's under duress and who's not. Sure. Right? So sure. those would be some of the things that I would say. Well, that's wonderful and super helpful, Josh. Um, is there anything else you would want to share with those who might be in the midst of a crisis that's come from from the holiday season or or anything like that. Yeah, I would say if you're coming out of the other side of the holiday season and you're feeling pretty crushed, hmm. reach out. Yeah. Right? You don't have to wait until it's an emergency yeah. to talk to somebody. You can talk to them, I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, if it's a 5 and you want to come talk, come talk right? Uh, We can all use help of encouragement by fellow believer. Sure. So don't, don't feel like it's a break glass in case of emergency sort of deal. Sure. Right. And the quicker you begin to engage help, if there's a season or something going on, the more quickly you're likely to recover from whatever is going on. If you wait for it to get to be an eight or a nine or a 10, you know, this has been a really difficult marriage and it's been that way for five years, seven years, 10 years, oh, yeah. you know, and you're just now reaching out. It's going to take a while to unpack and get, find your way back. If this is the first Christmas where you feel like, man, we're just not connecting and we're irritating each other and, mm. uh, man, this was terrible. I don't ever want to do something like this again. Reach out, you yeah. know, and let's talk about it and let's try and find our way back to a better place. If you're a single or a widow and this was just an incredibly difficult, terrible holiday for you. Come let us know. Even if it wasn't incredibly difficult, if it was just difficult and you want to talk to someone, let us know. And we, we want to talk to you and weep with you and share the gospel and help you experience something of the love of Christ with us. You Amen. Know? So. That's the hope of, of God's people is not that it would live isolated lives mm-hmm. uh, in their hardship, but that they would learn. One of the things I appreciate about our community is we want to be a community that that learns to walk with each other in the midst of hardship, whether it's super difficult or whether it's just moderately difficult. Right. 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 <laughs> God has created us for that need of one another. Yes. And so, well, Josh, thanks so much for being willing to offer some wisdom on some of these ideas. Absolutely. Uh, let me say, too, if, if you're listening to this and you would like to connect with one of us, you can email uh, Reverend Squires at jsquires at First Press Columbia or me, Jay Adair, at firstpresscolumbia.org. And we hope that in this New Year's season that you are experiencing the Lord's grace in fresh and renewing ways on a daily basis. And we hope to talk to you soon. Amen. Thank you, Josh. Thank you.